I am on Dabby Dozy. Good. Friday. Yeah. yeah. I'm finished early. Everyone's happy. happy, aren't they? Yeah. It's all good. No beer, though. Coffee. Coffee at the moment, yeah. It's a bit a- and water, because I don't know what it does to my throat. You're a freak, that's why. You have coffee, it just makes you like... Maybe you got a reaction to it, like an allergic reaction. Maybe it's AIDS. Maybe. It could be. Pro- probably is, to be honest, with coffee. Coffee and AIDS. <laughs> the coffee AIDS conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you call that? Coffee and AIDS conspiracy. Simple as that. That's what I'd call it. What, what do you mean? What's happening in this... In the, What? You're getting well, no, AIDS what? from coffee? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be the coffee AIDS link. Could it be monkeys which have got AIDS are eating the coffee? And then somehow the age is transferring into the beans, which are getting ground up, and then you drink the age through the beans and get it that way. Well, my preferred connection would be that the um, AIDS-infected coffee beans are being consumed by monkeys, and then we're fucking monkeys, and then we're getting it from that. Oh, right, okay. Not that we're just drinking no, the coffee. So yes, it's not the monkey's fault, it's it's the beans. Yeah, definitely the beans. Yeah, or is there someone <laughs> in the plant injecting AIDS into every single uh, Coffee bean. There is an AIDS, con- like a legit you know, AIDS you know, conspiracy. You, you know, know that? You know, um, yeah, yeah. They reckon Americans done it or something, don't they? I don't know who did it. Something like that. I'll have to look into it. But um, yeah, yeah. Have to. That might be a good episode. I've been thinking of, of doing it, but um, yeah, because didn't they reckon the American government made it for some reason? Yeah, or some well, bollocks like that. Yeah, probably. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. But um, yeah, I've 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 stayed away from like conspiracies for the last month we were talking before the podcast but a few people have been saying where's where's the grisly murders you fox get back to murders yes because it's not necessarily a true crime podcast is it really it's sort of just oddities it's kind of everything really isn't it yeah I mean there's bullshit and there's true stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> the bullshit but yeah 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 so we have neglected the murders but we're going to get back to them might do a month of murders should we do yeah like January murder month yeah could do should, should we do, do that yeah I reckon we should just a January murder month. Have you got have you got any shouts? Um <laughs> So everyone in the world <laughs> uh, Okay, we've got a few. Lucas Tasker. What do you reckon he does? What does he sound like? I reckon he's a banker. Oh right, yeah, we did this game. I forgot about <laughs> this game. Um Lucas Tasker. He's a team leader. <laughs> like a motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Lucas Tasker. Yeah, yeah, he's, he does the triangular formula, <laughs> formula. you know, the, those con artists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those. Kurt Amos. Kurt Amos. He, he's, um, Kurt Amos. Sounds like a software designer. I reckon he's a, a truck driver. A truck driver? Mm. That's very fitting for this episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. What about Joel Hurdle? Joel Hurdle. Uh, with the name Hurdle, he's got to be an athlete, surely. Yeah, absolutely. He's a 100-metre <laughs> hurdle champion. He'd have to be. Is it a 100-metre hurdle champion, or is it like 110? 110, I think it is. What the fuck? Is it because they have to stage the... Fuck knows. Whatever. It's Who cares? Bullshit, really. And uh, Rachel Burrow. I believe that's the second name. We didn't write it down. Rachel Burrow. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. she do? Hooker. <laughs> Rachel Burrow, a hooker. <laughs> I reckon Rachel Burrow. Bo- Boa? Borough, I think. Borough. I should write it down. Yeah. Um, I reckon she's a head chef somewhere. <laughs> head chef. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Pot washer. Pot washer. No. no. Head chef. Rachel Bower. But, but I can't say it. Borough. I think. Do. I'm probably getting that wrong. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. So, sorry, Rachel. It's me who's buggering up your name, probably. She's a... Uh, you're a head chef, though, so... Even if you're not a head chef, it doesn't matter, because she's been... a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But she's been sharing our... Um, 
some of our posts. Oh, right, okay. So she is a random social media winner. Nice. And you've won a t-shirt. And a lock on my pubes. And a lock <laughs> on my pubes, yeah. <laughs> pop that in the bag. <laughs> you haven't got a choice of what size t-shirt, unfortunately. It is going to be a large, so if you're not large, you need to eat some pies. Yeah. If you are, great. Or make, it, or make a um, uh, Guy Fawkes for next year with it. Burn it. And burn it. Burn it. Or, I don't know. Give it to a hobo. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see hobos. That'd be <laughs> wicked. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah, everyone who's got t-shirts, just give them to tramps. You should do that. Just go around giving hobos t-shirts. They'd probably say this is so good that quality. Was a, that's the American-style hobos. Is it? And tramps. Apparently tramps is a bad word to use in America. <laughs> is it? Yeah, for hobos. Is it? Apparently that means a slag, basically. Oh, right. So, so I think so. Anyway. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tramp. We need to say happy birthday as well. Happy birthday. To Duncan Sayers. Happy birthday, Duncan Sayers. I think he's 62 or 63 today. Nice. And he sent a picture of his micro penis to me. Did he? Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's happy birthday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've got any more shout outs. We've got, we know what we haven't said. Our details for fucking ages. We just fucked all that shit off at the beginning. Did we oh, do right. that? So we're on Patreon somewhere. somewhere. Um, we've got a t-shirt shop somewhere. Um, and we got um, just type Robots Rise in Google and it'll come up with Somewhere. Facebook, Twitter um, and all that kind of shit and other places to listen to us I'm guessing and all that but yeah, yeah. so yeah well whatever if you want to find us I'm sure if you know how the internet works I think it's pretty simple isn't it <laughs> yeah I mean you can if you want to find a Patreon I imagine you could probably just put Robots Rise Patreon on Google and it'll probably prop up yeah and if you want a T-shirt, I bet you probably could just type Robots for Eyes T-shirt and it probably will come up. Yeah, and if you really want and you can't find it, just ask. Can you tell we really, really look into it and find out all the details that you need to know? <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the ball. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a thing covered. That we need to cover. Cool, cool, cool. Back in the room. Rachel, you need to send me your details. I forgot to say that. Because otherwise I don't know why I'm sending t-shirts. That's a good point. But imagine if you just did a random guess and got it right. What were the chances? I mean, that would be ridiculous. It would be billions and billions and billions. What's the chances of picking up a phone, dialing a random number and ringing the Queen? She must have a phone. I suppose. It's got. It's, it's going to happen at some point. Infinite amount of monkeys in a just dialing... <laughs> <laughs> If you take it, take us. Probably, you probably wouldn't get through to it. Get through to someone else, and then passes on another message to another phone, to another phone, and then like fucking, I don't know, it's done on a dictaphone to her or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. through something which isn't even a phone. Yeah, she probably doesn't answer the phone, does she? Maybe it was her with O2. Yeah, man, the O2 package. Anyway, we've got a classic this week, Rob. Have we? Yeah, complete and utter classic. A two-parter. Nice. That usually means it's uh, epic. Yeah, it's going to be epic. There's just a lot of details in this. Okay. Um, 
I, I, there's no way you could fit it into one. To be fair, any of these like murdery ones can you, you can, can do probably about fifty episodes. Can yeah, you? yeah. You get right into detail. What are you looking at? They're doing on that make a murderer. You know, it's good, but my god, they drag on about the evidence. Mm. But that's the thing, man. If you look how long like, a court or a trial takes, how long it lasts, days and weeks and months, you, fucking all that's information and evidence. You can just go on and on and on. So this week and next week, it might. I don't know. It could even go into three. Fuck knows. Fucking hell. Could do. Who knows? Uh, Yorkshire Ripper. Yorkshire Ripper. He's a classic. Is he? Oh, absolute, mate, yeah. He's, um, he was a a lovely fella, active yeah. <laughs> in England, uh, Yorkshire, Northern England, between 1975 and 1980. So, so he f- recently died, didn't he? Uh, I, I don't think he has, actually. Who am I thinking of here? The one who was friends with Savile? That is him. Is he, is he dead? I, think, I haven't I checked. Th- I think he died like, think uh, I early this that. year. Do you know what? I'm going to find that out. But I'm pretty sure he did die early this year. I know he was blind in one eye and diabetic, but I haven't got into the latter parts of his life yet. No no reason to go around raping and murdering people. Well, <laughs> maybe not raping. I don't know. No, but he doesn't seem to have. I mean, mm. well, he was, yeah, he was, he was sort of, um, his killing streak lasted five years before he was arrested. Yeah. In, uh, I think it was January the 2nd, 1981, and he murdered with at least 13 women between the ages of 16 and 47. And most of them were prostitutes. Not all. Some of them were misidentified, like he thought they were, or he claims he thought they were. Um, the feds are looking into more murders even now, mate. They reckon it could be up to 20 more ah. potential victims. And there, there was even some abroad, but bred like, you know, some of the um, the hallmarks of a ripper killing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he got away with it for so, I mean, for so long, five years. It doesn't sound that long, but it fucking is. Five years is most likely going to be Lots of victims around the country. Yeah. Because he went through periods of not killing people. And when you consider what he... Well, he went through periods of not killing people according to his victim count. There's like periods of times where he wasn't active, but I yeah. reckon he probably was. Uh, he's also He was also charged with uh, seven counts of attempted murder. Just like brutal attacks, really. And his kill kit consisted of hammers. <laughs> a classic. It's a classic, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good kill kit. Screwdrivers. Like a Phillips screwdriver, yeah. knives, ropes, and hacksaws, and he also improvised with shit. He was uh, like, you know, he'd find shit lying around, like broken bottles, planks of wood. You know what I mean? Lots to mix it up. Yeah, keep people on their toes. Uh, he also had a costume, like a little murder costume, so to speak. Underneath his trousers, he would wear. It's really, it's creepy. He'd wear a V-neck jumper with like the V part, uh, like over his cock and balls, and his legs would be down. Like the arms of where the jumper is. Yeah. And he even had knee pads. Like, you know, like the elbow pads and them old school jumpers. So, yeah. like, you could, for some reason, you don't hurt your elbows. He put them where his knees were. So, when he was, like, um, you know, kneeling down over his victims, he didn't chafe his knees. It's like a practical man. Yeah, very practical. Very practical. I think he's still alive. I think he was, yeah. I think he's alive so still. It's n- for some reason, it's not a simple yes or no. Should have looked into it. Google. Everyone's like, what, you don't even know if he's alive yet? It's 71, I'm it says on there. I'm sure he's, yeah, I'm sure he's alive. Anyway. Who yeah. am I thinking of then? I don't know who you're thinking of. You, you scared me when you said, isn't he dead? And I was like, I don't think... I'm thinking of the one who was with the bird. Oh, you're thinking of Brady. Brady, yeah. Myra Hindley. Yeah, yeah. He Didn't he die early this year? Yeah, he's dead, yeah. Because cause the Moore's late, murderer. The, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, okay. sorry. Moore's yeah. murderer, Yorkshire murderer, yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, same sort of shit. So yeah, man. It's a it's a dark case. This is. Uh, yeah. He wasn't he wasn't a paedophile. No, he didn't. He doesn't seem to have molested children. Um, Just like a good murder. 
just not a good old killing, yeah, same as that one. Mm. Just, just like a good old-fashioned hammering. Yeah. Um, whilst this is all going down his killing spree, women were obviously scared shitless to go out alone. Yeah. Um, rightly so, mate, because bodies were just piling up pretty regularly, hammered to death. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's a classic technique, and he's stuck with it, so... Yeah, he's got to give him credit with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> at, least, at least he's also saying to the police and stuff, he's going, you know, well... You know who I am because it's, everyone's died the same way. Yeah. So you know it's one yeah. person. Yeah. Mate, ladies up north wanted a curfew put in place whilst this was going down. Yeah. Because they were, they were just said men should not be allowed out so they could walk around after nine o'clock. And, and they, like want, they want equal rights <laughs> and all that. <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense. The prostitutes even started to work in gangs. Like they'd like be on street corners. I mean, working in gangs, yeah. All right, you're standing on the corner in a gang, but when you get in the car to give a bloke a blowy, you're not in a gang then, and that's no. when you're going to get taken out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can pick them off one by one. Mm. So, uh... You go back, where's uh, Jenny? She's around the corner. She's <laughs> lying in the bush. Anyway, fancy a bit more, come in. <laughs> Clonk. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. So, Peter William Sutcliffe, that's a posh name. It is actually quite po- posh, isn't it, to be fair to him? Mm. He was born in Bingley, West, West Reading in Yorkshire, on the 2nd of June, 1946, uh, into a working class family. I think pretty much everybody was a working class family back then, a mm. couple of years outside of the war. You know what I mean? There'll be a few people sitting in their mansions going, look at the peasants. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, yeah. Uh, he was the first child to his parents. Uh, his dad was called John. His mum was called Kathleen. Uh, I don't really think anybody cares about his parents' names, but it's always good to pull it in. Yeah. I'm guessing, was he abused as a child? No. <gasps> yeah. His parents Shock horror. I, I know, yeah. Well, well yeah, he wa- yeah, sort of. Not he, by he his saw parents, abuse. though. He witnessed abuse. He wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, fucked. Was his, was his old man beating his wife or something? Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, it's a yeah. classic. See, it's, it's always something to do with domestic violence, isn't it, as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he um, his parents were mad religious Catholics. Um, they had five children after him, and I think one of them... One of them died as well, just like, I don't know if it was a stillborn, but pegged it. And Sutcliffe was a, a premature kid. He had to spend a bit of time in hospital, and the doctors didn't even think he was going to survive. Mm. Whether that has any bearing on how his mind developed, who fucking knows? Um, I bet they wish he died. Yeah, I know, yeah, in hindsight. Better off just getting him by the ankles and wrapping him off a desk. Clonk! Yeah, and put him in a pig trough for the pigs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dr. Rob. It's one way of getting rid of him. He was prone to illness throughout his childhood. Um, always getting fucking ill. Sickly kid. Probably because he was... Pre- I don't know, man. I'm not like some sort of... Just a moaner, <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing. <laughs> moaner. He was, actually. His <laughs> old man was a hard-drinking fella. He was a womaniser. And, um, yeah, like you said, he beat his he beat his wife, wife up in front of the family. Which is kind of like a standard issue in 1940s, 1950s. Dad, isn't it? You know what I mean? I think so, yeah. Because then, then he'd get his belt out and whip the son or something, wouldn't he? Just, Just go, what beat the him. fuck you look like, you little prick? Yeah. <laughs> whip him with, with that and go, I'll come back again later and I'll whip you again. <laughs> his, his dad was a, a, like a, an extremely controlling individual. He didn't even like his mum talking to, to other, other men. Um, and I think probably because of what was going down between his parents, Peter Sutcliffe sympathised with his mother more than... His father, because uh, he was really, really, really close to his mom. Not like wasn't normal close, mm. really close. Not stinky fingers close, but, but like bitty close. No, I don't think so. Close to bitty, though. But yeah, next step up would be you know bitty. Do you want to smell my fingers at school? Sort of close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. Um, and expect him to say it's been in your sister's or Mary's <laughs> over there. It's been in my mom's. 
You're like, okay. <laughs> his old man used to beat his mom, his mother up when he was, when she was pregnant as well. Mm. Yeah, you could tell he was a nice bloke. Good old, good old dad. Wanker. Oh, that's not the best, is it? No. Yeah, the, his um, his whole family. He's like his brothers and sisters said that the dad was a, f- a fucking monster, just a horrible person. Mm. But as a child, Peter was the exact opposite, which is odd considering what he he did in later life. Um, the, seeing violence as a youngster would would freak him out, I suppose. Um, his dad said that he kind of brought him up in the respect that women should be like quiet, mm. reserved, respected, but. You know, keep your mouth shut, do as you're told, speak when spoken to. Proper old school mentality, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, um, his dad actually said after his son's trial, because he was alive when he got busted, that he said he, he wanted him to be hung, which is that's a, a statement from your dad, isn't it? Yeah, but I think he wanted to hang everyone, or no matter who they were, by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, but yeah but to be fair, that's a, a valid statement, probably. But it's weird, because he said that he still <laughs> loved him. He said, I love that lad. I don't love him for what he's done. But I love him for being who he is. Being who he is. He's a a serial killer. Yeah. You love him for being who he is. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You don't like what he's done, but you love him for who he is. I know, yeah. Conflicting. What? Yeah, that's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a double negative, that is, isn't it? Mm. Fuck knows. Well, he was an incredibly clingy child, and he had difficulties socialising with other children, which would, because of that, it... He'd, he would isolate himself. He didn't want to speak to other kids mm. because he didn't speak to them kids and it was weird. The other kids wouldn't want to talk to him and he thought they were ignoring him. So he wouldn't want to talk to them. Then they wouldn't want to talk to him. And it kind of like, it was just like a vicious circle. Spiraled, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, his mum, I think whether she, I think she was aware of it and she doted on him like she, everything, all attention on him. He was he was a little soldier. Um, the problem is because he's, uh, her, uh, sorry, his dad's beating his, obviously yeah. his mom. He's probably doing that not to protect her, but he he knows that she's not violent and thinks that's the right thing to do. Plus, I think most children, I know this is going to sound mental, but uh, most kids at probably age four or five, if you put, got the parents at gunpoint, yo, which one do you want to keep alive? They'll go, mummy, guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, mate. In that situation, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's coming. You don't even have to speak. Just shoot me. <laughs> it, but it's, it's weird because, like, in these serial killer cases, they do tend to have, like, a, a mad connection. There's, it, it's, you know, Ed Gein, did, didn't they, with his mum? Yeah, yeah. Fucking kept the room the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, it, didn't he make a... Was it not the suit? Was it he made something out of his mum, didn't he? No, something? no, no. He made something out of the people that he dug out of graves. But didn't he? No, I'm sure he got his mum up or something. Or I don't remember. Bit of matter. It was too long. Probably ago. made him into a chair or something. But yeah, yeah. why not? So you know, they could um, made a fleshlight out of her. A fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in in Sutcliffe's eyes, his mum, because he was so so attached to her and she like completely doted on him she was one of the few women in his life that he saw as completely perfect she could do no wrong and like we said he was very timid he was an introvert and insecure but he did show affection he wasn't like completely incapable of doing it like to his fa- to his uh, family mm. um, mainly his brothers and sisters and his mum like because I suppose it's got like a family bond in it you know what I mean they're different to everyone else they yeah. understand me so kindness was in him at yeah. least at the beginning um, he's bullied at school right from the get-go, even at primary school. Got marks for being like weak and small. But it's easy to pick on. C- they can be cunts, can't they, kids? Just, well, not just kids. Every- there's, uh, there's loads of cunts everywhere, mate. Yeah. Loads of... Uh, uh, there's lo- I, can, I can rattle off about a thousand names right now. 
of mm. people who are just knobheads. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. There's, a lot there's, there's there. more knobheads than there are actual genuine people. I think so. I think you're probably right. There is. So at secondary school, the bullying, instead of, because like at primary, it was just sort of, you know, verbal, whatever, man. There's not a lot to pick on. It's just They're just mobbing up on him. Yeah. But in, in uh, secondary school, they got like physical and you got the odd kick in. But that's horrible that is, man. I remember when I was at school, after you, you know, you see the lads that give you a beating every now and then, you, it's a fucking horrible feeling because you walked a long way to avoid them, you know what I mean? Mm. you always looking around over your shoulder as well, thinking that they're there and then you've got to go a different way. And then one day you just go, fuck this and then just smack them and then they yeah. don't do it again and beat him to death he beat him to death with a hammer yeah. everyone's happy yeah there we go he hated school that much he'd pretend to go he'd like leave the house and then he'd come back in through like I think it was an upset ah. window and, and he'd hide in the loft all day just because like to keep his parents sort of you know clever technique yeah except I for pretending to be ill all the time yeah I kind of feel a bit sorry for him in a way um, but not at the same time on his early life before anything happened, before he decided to hammer someone's face in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he did go to school, he'd um, he'd go get registered, like registration, and then just fuck off. Just, yeah, yeah. And then just walk around the streets until, until you know, it was time to go home. And then none the wiser. The book says you're there. Yeah, yeah. But you're not. And he, he did that. He'd like, I think that was... So walking around the streets, he's like learning to be... Almost invisible, very stealth-like. Yeah, and that's street-wise as well. And it's something he was like in, you know, in later life, as, as we'll see. Possibly mm. learned that as a child. So he's an odd child, but in the sense that people knew he had a hard time and he wanted to be left alone. Yeah. Um, you know, like when people are shy, sometimes they can come across as being rude. Yeah, yeah. He's like that. Yeah. He's not being a dick. No, he's, he's just, just extremely shy and doesn't know what to say. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's, he's uncomfortable. You know, then he likes uncomfortable to be around people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even what the fuck is going on, on my phone? Even though you're trying to like engage them and talk to them, it's like they don't want to talk to you, but mm-hmm. they do. But they just don't know how to. Do you know yeah, what I mean? They don't know what to say, do they? Yeah, I do it sometimes. Yeah, I just go like turn it trumpet face for no reason. <laughs> and people are like what? I don't even know what I just said. I remember <laughs> one of your friends actually. I was chatting to one of your friends. And I did a whole sentence backwards. What? Um, on uh, purpose. No, no, just come out backwards. You're speaking like Yoda. And I went, sorry, uh, it was um, uh, Louise. Oh, I went, sorry, Louise, I just said the whole sentence backwards, didn't I? And she just looked at me and went, uh, yeah. You're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Went, this is what I meant to say, and said it the normal way. The whole sentence backwards. How did you do that? I don't I don't know. It's, You're pissed. It's more imp- I was, yeah, but uh-huh. it's more impressive to do a sentence backwards. Try and t- rattle off a sentence backwards I now off the top I'm of your head. I'm going to try. Try. Gonna not even. Yeah, but like when you're doing it, sort of like fluent. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And I, I realised I'd done it after I did the sentence. Went sorry, I just said that whole sentence backwards, didn't I? Was it a simple sentence? Um, it's probably a one-liner, but still, you know. Can what I mean? have a beer? Or something like that, <laughs> like beer? Can I have or something? Or you know what I mean? Or something like that. Or, but yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know he's. I know he's uh, pain. <laughs> I don't. He didn't show any signs of being a serial killer. As a, no one suspected anything. Even as a kid, he was normal. He wasn't, he wasn't stab- stabbing animals. Wasn't yeah. doing Eating the usual shit. shit. Yeah, he wasn't it like Albert Fish? He wasn't yeah, sticking needles up his ass. Nope, nothing no. like that. In fact, his brother said that he was actually quite a nice guy. He said, um, he said because he was a lot older than him, he was more like of a father figure than his actual dad was. Because his dad was out either. He reckoned he's either like boozing. He's either out. Um, playing sports or just oh, at work he was never around he said yeah, that yeah. Pete would show him things like how to do yeah, stuff yeah. and he said he was a he was a great bigger brother he was also good with children as well but not in that respect yeah 
he was. He de- even as a, even in his twenties, he he seemed to have like a um, a connection with them. Not like, and it sounds weird, doesn't it, coming from the Yorkshire Ripper? Yeah. But it was a genuine, like I don't know, connection with kids. Empathise with them slightly. Well, maybe don't because know. he, maybe like Michael Jackson did. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that's a good point. It might be Michael Jackson styler. I'm you turning know. my fucking phone off, man. I put that on silent and it's still fucking blinging. Off nice. you go. Anyway, yeah. He left school when he was 15, which you kind of like, as you do. Probably was all right back then, though, 15, wasn't it? Standard age, mate, yeah. He started bodybuilding as well. Um, I think it was kind of like he was trying to start fresh, meet new people outside of school. And instead of, because he's picked up for being small and weak. Yeah, he's, he's not at that school anymore. Start, you know, there's new people out there. Start again, start fresh, yeah. try and do it. Both, but like beef himself up a bit. He didn't stick with it. Um, just I don't know. You're not gonna lie. Fucking bodybuilding, whatever. Uh, but this is where it starts to get a bit serial killer because he had an obsession with STDs and what damage they did to vaginas, and he enjoyed actually going to to Waxworks Museum. There's one particular one that had the display of an infected vag, and uh, he used to go and fucking look at that. Again, that's something that Albert Fish did. Remember that with the waxwork cock that was like splitting off. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he, that, he, that was a, a momentous occasion for him, that yeah, was, wasn't it? Yeah, loved it. Yeah. And he decided like he wanted to have a bit of it in a way, didn't he? Because it made me think, I wonder if like, this weird fetish for STDs and rotten vaginas and the fact that he killed prostitutes, you know, is linked. I wonder if he had the odd sniff of the mott once he'd killed them. Probably. Peter Stinky Fingers. <laughs> so he didn't... So we, as far as we know, he didn't... Um, Gave the full hog. No. He just did the murder, basically. Well, we'll as we go through... I mean, he was shagging prostitutes. Yeah. But he... Well, there's there's bits that we're going to get into in a bit, which, I mean, it's speculation. I suppose, I, I suppose he might be... Well, he, he was on the run for, was it nine years or something? Ten years? Well, he was just... It wasn't on the run. Well, he was well just yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Five that's years. I mean. He was killing for like... Yeah, for five years. Long. So maybe he knew if you started killing prostitutes, then that there's a chance it'd be linked to him. I think as well, people didn't give a fuck. Because if because if a prostitute goes missing, they're, they're going to go right. This we know their sort of clientele and whatever. And then if another one goes missing, you go hang on, that's linked with that. And then another one goes missing, and fucking else, Pete. That's what kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a bit of time to link it. So when he left school, he began. He obviously got a job straight away working down to coal mines, lad. As you do, but he wasn't a coal mines. It just just sounds like a Yorkshire thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got a job as, um, I think it was like an apprentice electrician or some shit. He also worked as a grave digger nice. at Bingley Cemetery. In oh, his, brilliant. Yeah, in his late teens on two separate occasions. So he left and went back. Ah. So, so this is kind of like where we're getting into the uh, the descent into chaos. It starts to get go a bit off the beaten track now. Mm. He realised when he was working there that he, he, I think this is when he sort of found out he he liked being a sadist because um, he'd, he'd even brag to like his mates down the pub what he'd do to... To bodies, right? Okay. Yeah, like um, they'd be like, "What the fuck, mate? What fuck off?" Like, yeah, it's not yeah. like you don't believe him because you know he, walk, he yeah, works but in. Yeah, but why, but yeah, if you're doing bad stuff or moving them around or putting a finger up my nose or whatever, you wouldn't say <laughs> that to to anyone else anyway because exactly. it's a dead body. Yeah, keep it to yourself yeah, if you're yeah, gonna do yeah. it. It's yeah. not the done Each thing. Each their own, you know. But he was but proper passionate though about digging holes and putting bodies in it. <laughs> he loved it, mate. He even volunteered like to do extra work. And he particularly liked washing the corpses in the mortuary. And uh, apparently... They're allowed to do that, the grave 
figures. Well, back then, yeah. I know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He'd nick their jewellery as well. He'd put them into really like, fucked up positions and he'd, um, he'd use them like a, a ventriloquist dummy as well. And there's also, this is where the speculation comes in that he might have fucked them. But I couldn't like find... dead bodies, right? Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't find anything that would confirm that. So, I don't know, mate. Speculation. Yeah. But if you it's think it's back... It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's straight away, off the, straight off the bat, yeah? so... What the fuck would you want to even look at them? He's trying to have a little tickle, as people say, by taking the jewellery as well. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like, you know, bonus of the job, as people say, which which basically means you're stealing. Mm. When they go, you know, it's, you you know, it's the bonus people. of the job and all that, you're like, well, so you're nicking things. No, you're nicking dead yeah. people's jewellery. Yeah, yeah. That's ah, perk of the job. Perks, yeah. When you think about it, though, this that is exactly, it's very similar to what his mate, Jimmy Savile, did. And when we say mate, he actually was his fucking mate. Yeah. He was yeah, friends with him. That's a good point, him. actually, yeah. You know that's what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, maybe Sutcliffe and him used to do it together. Well, we're going to cover in part two the um, the Savile connection in the in the Ripper case because there's speculation that he was involved. Well, it, it may as well though. be. He seems to have done everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He'd probably get done for the bank robberies. What happened yesterday with the cash points? Have you heard about that? No. Blowing up the building trying Where? to get the cash point out. Fuck knows. Blew it at like, the front of the building with like little bombs and stuff to get a guy point out. Fucking Savile, out yeah, the grave again. I know. But yeah, but yeah, he was camp. So. so when he had access to the mortuary, because I'm guessing there was nobody else in the building, because if you're fucking putting bodies grave in digger. Ribs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what? hey, what is a grave digger doing in the mortuary? Why, right? Whenever you see any movies with grave, di- grave diggers, which there isn't many, right? But why are they always digging, using pissing down rain in the dark? Yeah, it's because it's atmosphere, mate. Let's be honest, right? If it was pissing down raining, in the reality of that movie would be the, the grave digger would be sitting underneath probably some sort of like canopy with a cup of tea. Go, fucking hell, I'm waiting for this <laughs> yeah. to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you like the body has to be buried immediately now. They ain't digging no hole in the rain. Yeah, no one would. Unless you fucking love but it. But they like that in the movies. It's like the grave diggers like digging in the rain. It's thunderstorming, and you're like, maybe that's the type of people they are. Nah, not having it. Not having it. <laughs> I'll put it this way: if I was a grave digger and it's pissing down, I'd go. Sorry, <laughs> I know it's a dead body, but I'm waiting for this rain to stop. Well, if it's raining all day, you're not going to do it, are you? We're not doing anything. Then, you'd, be are we? Covered, you'd be stuck in the mud. Put the funeral off. No one's getting buried. Fuck them. Oh, do they, don't they dig the hole before? Well, yeah, obviously. They're not going to do it like, they go, we've got fucking Gary coming in in 10 minutes. Oh, shit, get digging. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad <laughs> you know what I mean? So. It was also a peeping Tom. Okay. Which is another, it's not like a trait, but that does appear in a lot of, you know, serial killers. He'd like, what he'd do is he'd travel out to the red light districts and secretly watch the hookers doing their thing. You know what oh, I mean? That was his turn on. Sort yeah, of he loved the voyeurism, like watching in secret. Um like he felt like he had power over them because they didn't know he was... And that's... I, I don't know whether... I was thinking about this. Watching people with them not knowing that you're watching them, is that... Do you reckon that's something that could have developed being around dead bodies? Because obviously they, they don't fucking know. He feels like he's he's got power over them, you know what I mean? I suppose, yeah, because in theory, like you say, they ain't got a clue. And there's, it's to him, there's a person there. And there is a person there, but they're not a person, if you know what I mean. They're yeah. not... Actually, person. there they are, but they're not. Yeah, gone. So oh. in a way, yeah, I suppose it could be linking to like a peeping time, like because then he's looking at people when, when they don't know what's happening, and dead bodies don't know what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, possibly. And it's speculated that he started fuck, fucking hookers in his teens. Now, but he's uh, he says that he he was a virgin until he met his girlfriend, who he stayed like his only girlfriend. He, he eventually married her. Now, he says. He was a virgin, but this is 
a psychopathic serial killer, so you probably shouldn't really take what he says yeah. as gospel. But he met his 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 girlfriend then, who would be his wife, Sonia Zerman, who's Sonia Sutcliffe. He met her in February '67. He married her in August '74. Now she was shy as fuck as well. Like people thought that she was rude. Oh, oh rude. Yeah, right. rude. Yeah. She spoke in a whisper. She was like, people were like, just fucking. They thought she was a dick, man. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. Okay. And she was schizophrenic which obviously helps matters. Um, she <laughs> developed symptoms uh, five years into their relationship, and so I think it was like May 1972. She was taken into mental care after she was found wandering around the streets thinking that technology and machinery was going to end the world. She might be right, though. But technically, if she if she come out now and said that, people probably wouldn't think she's as mad as, as they probably thought back then. Mm. She might be right. You never know. Uh, also, she thought she was Cinderella. So well, yeah. <laughs> then I go, yeah. You're a bit mental, aren't you? <laughs> to be fair, love. Uh, Sutcliffe looked after her as much as he could, and people actually were quite impressed that you know of his caring nature that that sort of emerged. You know, he, he was he didn't seem to be a nasty guy. He was a bit odd, but he was a nice, caring lad. Mm. And he used to go and visit her. He visited her in Linfield Mount Psychiatric Hospital, which is in Bradford. Um, but she wasn't very well at all and didn't recognise him. She actually thought he was an aeroplane when he walked in the door. <laughs> wow. I know, yeah. And she thought she was Jesus. Wow. That's, that <coughs> is a cool thing to think. Is that an aeroplane? <laughs> no. Wouldn't you be looking over your shoulder going, um, you mean me? Yeah. You think I'm an aeroplane? No, yeah. They stayed together throughout his entire killing spree and she knew nothing. Or she says she knew nothing. I think she did. If she thinks he's an airplane. Yeah. Well, you, you probably could do it in front of her and she'd probably think like you're making a cup of tea or something. Well, that's why I think he stuck with her because it was quite convenient, her being crazy. Because if like she... Because what she'd do is she'd lie to the police. Like the police would say, where was he on such and such day? Like whatever. And she'd be like, oh no, he was at home in bed. And I think that... If she slipped up and said that, I oh, know he was out, I don't know where he was, he can go, I was in, look, she's schizophrenic, man. She's in a mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah, don't you? You know what I mean? So it's probably convenient. Yeah, I think so. It's probably part of a plan without realising. Yeah. It's accidental plan sorting. Yeah, convenience, keep it. So he had a few jobs throughout his life. He's a door-to-door salesman. He worked in like a factory from, I think, 1971 to 73. He got made redundant. He, got, he was given 400 quid. And he used that 400 quid to f- to fund his uh, training to get his HGV license mm-hmm. so he could drive trucks, which is the preferred job of a prostitute fucker and serial killer. Yes. They do like that. Yeah. They do like a good trucker. All you truckers listen to this going up and down the motorway. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. You know, mate, um, I was looking into it. More hooker, hookers turn up. I should, people are going to get offended if I say hooker, aren't they? Prostitute. Yeah. Sex workers. More sex workers turn up dead on busy, like, routes up and down the country that are frequented by our friends, the lorry drivers. It's crazy, actually, isn't it? Yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah, he, got, he had two jobs as a trucker. The first one, uh, he got ni- he got sacked because he was nicking tyres. I don't know why. Uh, and the uh, the second one, he stayed at this place. It was called T and WH Clark Limited. And he'd mm-hmm. drive a lorry for them. And he stayed there until till he was arrested. Um, and obviously... I'm just going to go back briefly to the worshipping of his mother. Right. This this clingy nature stayed with him into his adulthood, which is okay, yeah, yeah. And he's like even reluctant to leave her side in his mid twenties, which is a bit fucking. Come on, mate. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like we say, saw her 
as perfect. Objects of perfection. Idolised her. Completely obsessed. Like she's a god. Yeah, she's an angel, mate. Could do no wrong. Until his dad, who was the lesser of the two in his eyes, exposed his mother for cheating. Now, he did it in front of the children. I say children. His kids, they were like in the 20s. So he's yeah. really vindictive. Dad didn't fuck about at all, mate. No. He went for the kill. It happened in 1970. Suckliffe was 23 at the time. I mean, like, he's an adult, but yeah, in yeah. reality, he's still like a immature, isolated well, yeah, yeah. owner. So this huge event, which spiralled him into his vi- the abyss, his dad obviously correctly suspected that his mother was shagging on the side, uh, and he figured out who she was meant to be fucking, and lured her to a hotel room under the pretense that she's meeting. Right. I think she was shagging a copper. I right, think. okay. Um, so it was like a sting operation, essentially. Yeah. With his children in tow. So he had his, he bring his children and Dad he obviously said to him on the way there, this is what, if your mum turns up, yeah, this just, is it. I'm going to show you something. So I, I don't think anybody knew the effects it was going to have on yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but he really wanted to f- fuck, fuck his wife up in front of everybody. And the problem was, like we say, Peter is infatuated with his mum. She's a goddess. And I think it's a combination of like his, because obs- he had like a weird obsession with dead bodies and like his confused feelings for women. It all came to a head in this hotel room because his mum walked in and uh, Sutcliffe's dad, with his with the kids there, he was like, uh, hello, slag, what's this? And he pulled out like a pair of like sexy pants or bra from a from an underwear bag. Now to Peter, even though he was 23, it was just fucking like a nuclear bomb had gone off in yeah. his mind. He couldn't believe that that had happened, but because it was it was exposed in front of him, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, had like, no, he what had the fuck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all perceptions of what, not just his mother was like, but what all women were like. Yeah, yeah. Was completely completely wrong. And now, like, women are going to let you down. They're going to lie to you. They're going to cheat. They'll destroy families. They're not to be respected. Again, he's feeling humiliated and worthless. But this time, his mum did it to him. That's mm. how it was put yeah, across yeah. to him. Now, experts do think that this was the, the trigger. The turning point. Yeah, he seemed to sort of descend into well, chaos. Well, if he idolised her as a god and then it turned out that she's not as good as he thought, then it does shatter people, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, the hatred for women really, really kicked in. And it's the thing, I'd, every time a woman did something bad to him, he saw it as confirmation that all women are bad news. That, yeah, yeah. So he's really... Now, he saw how his dad treated his mum. Yeah, yeah. He saw, her in, yeah. Yeah, drunkenly kicking the fuck out of her. Uh, you know, he kind of saw that as maybe instead of dad being wrong all this time, maybe dad was clued up. Yeah, you know, maybe and dad he was, was doing right. it because he was angry with what's happening. Or, yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Must have been in very. I think he's a dickhead as well. Yeah. But but he was probably well, he was right that she was cheating and all that. So, but the thing is though, mate, if if you're getting beaten up by a drunk dude every night, you're gonna you're gonna get, get out. out. You're gonna try and get out. Yeah, but Suckliff didn't see it like that. No, he thought that. Yeah, he was like, "Fuck women." You're all cheaters. I'm team hooker killer. That's yeah, yeah. Li- that's that was it. And it, you know, to fucking flip like that. So there he is. He's a strange learner in his mid twenties. Clings to his mom. She's his world. But now the family's destroyed, thanks to her. So he started patrolling the red light districts more and more. I mean, he's got a girlfriend at this point, but you know, fuck women. Who cares about them? Yeah. He wanted he wanted a normal family life, it seems, and he did try to have children with his wife, but unfortunately she had um, several miscarriages and the doctors eventually said to her, you know, it's a no go in the baby department, mm. love. You're barren yeah, as yeah. fuck. Yeah. Sterilised Mars, you know what I mean? Um and don't forget she's mental as well. Mm. Walking around thinking she's Cinderella. A biscuit. 
Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, fuck all women. Why are you all yeah, fucking yeah. me up? That's what, that was his point of view. And then to top it off, in 1969, his girlfriend cheated on him with another dude. And he was like, right, that's it. Kill all women. Yeah, yeah. Just that went. was sort of like a turning point. Yeah. Um, throughout the relationship with his girlfriend, like soon to be wife, he was fucking hookers, which is hilarious because he's doing what she, she's done. If not, he's doing a lot worse because he's been doing it a lot of ages and yeah, yeah, he's buying it as well and it's all illegal and everything. So yeah, he's worse. He's worse. Yeah. He's just he's just so self set. So one sided, yeah, completely one sided. So it was like payback, I think, in his eyes going out and shagging hookers. Um, the same year his girlfriend cheated on him, nineteen sixty nine. Something happened. The night that he found out that she'd done the dirty on him, he went out boozing in Bradford. I don't know. Drown your sorrow, so to speak. And at the end of the evening, he picked up a hooker from outside a petrol station. He only had like a £10 note on him, I think. Uh, the usual price is a fiver, which sounds very reasonable to me. It does. <laughs> uh, so she's like, yeah, no problems. Uh, we'll sort the change after after the deed. You know what I mean? I'll be like, keep the change. Fucking fiver. It's cheap. Here's a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> so they travelled to her house, but yeah. Sutcliffe said on the way that he changed his mind because um, he realised, his words not mine, what a, a coarse and vulgar person she was. She's just chatting shit and fucking fine and swearing or whatever. And he also said he felt bad doing that to his girlfriend, even though she yeah. had done it to him. What a gentleman. Mm. So uh, he chickened out, basically, and he says to the prostitute, keep the fiver for your troubles, just get me my £5 change. And she was like, yeah. No dramas, bub. So they head back to the petrol station, like the pickup joint. There's lots of like um, big ass like pimp dudes oh, yeah. walking around. Uh, she gets out of the car, back at the petrol station, walks inside, and then just doesn't come back out. So she's nicked his nicked his fiver. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the tenner actually. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Cheeky tit. So um, he was like, "Nah, man, that's fucking that's not on, bab." Give us my Casio. Give us my fiver. I'll give you, your f- I'll give you the fiver that you wanted. Yeah, I'm trying to be reasonable here. So uh, a group of dudes carrying wrenches, apparently, come up to his car and said, listen, pal, you want to fuck off. It's not advisable getting out because uh, you're going to have this wrapped around your head. Mm-hmm. Off you go. Now, he said at that point, he said, I felt stupid. I drove home more angry than I've ever been. I felt outraged and humiliated and embarrassed. I felt a hatred for the prostitute and her kind. Bad idea, love. Mm, you yeah. should have given him his money back. So a week later, because he's still seething, he's yeah, still yeah, yeah. fucking mad as a hatter, he saw her in the pub. So he went up to her and he says, listen, love, he's like, he's trying to offer her a lifeline in more ways than one, I think. He said, yeah, yeah. just give us the fiver now and forget about it. This is an opportunity. Just, but I don't want to cause any problems. And she was like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of it. You're no threat to me. You're a weak man piss off and put him down in front of everybody like proper bad um, made him even more angry then yeah and because of that yeah, exactly mate he wanted to get he said he wanted to get revenge and scare her so three weeks later he was driving with his mate uh, Trevor Birdsall and they were they were driving around the red light district in Bradford where he picked her up and sure enough Peter Sutcliffe he spots her she's standing over there and he's like Trev pull over mate I need to uh, I need to go and have a word with that girl and get my money back Trevor's none the wise is he so he pulls yeah, yeah. over he didn't have a clue, yeah. So, so Sutcliffe gets out of the car and he walks off, just disappears off. That, Trevor didn't see anything that happened. He just wandered off. Ten minutes later, Peter Sutcliffe comes running back to the car, jumps in. He's like badly knackered, totally out of breath. And he's like, Trevor, floor it, son. Let's go. 
And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Trevor, yeah, yeah. Trevor just dropped. I think he's a, Trev, bit, of, yeah. he's a bit of a div, Trevor is, because he comes up quite a bit over the course of this episode right. and what will be next episode. Um, but he said to the coppers that he seemed quite excited and agitated. Right. Like sweating and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trev drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, you just done? Uh, so after, the, after his arrest... Did he not ask him what he'd done? Well, he may well have done, but... He has been tight-lipped about it, you know right. what I mean? But after Sutcliffe's arrest, like, years later, he told the police what happened. There's a lot of this, because he gave such detailed accounts. Instead of, you know, we might as well just use what he said, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It's just coming from his mouth, the horse's mouth, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. He said he approached her from behind, and without talking to her, smashed around the head with a large stone inside a sock. <laughs> Ping! Just pelted her one. He said he hit her so hard... The, the um, stone like flung out the end of the sock and shot out somewhere. Fuck. I mean, that's not fucking scaring someone, is it? That's fucking killing someone. Don't kill him, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, said, he said he used to carry a sock around with him all the time just in case he needed to... Just in case, yeah. Conk someone. So he put a stone in it, a hitter. Bang! Just smashed her the back the of the head. Yeah, just clobbered her one. So she wouldn't have had a clue what happened either, probably. Well, she survived. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Um, and better still, she wasn't even the prostitute that he was after. Wasn't it? <laughs> no, she just clunked some random. Oh, my God. <laughs> rocked around the head. Now, the lady wrote Trevor's license plate down. I don't know whether she did this afterwards. Uh, I, I mean, that's pretty fucking... Imp- that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. But, but she reported the incident after she got some medical attention to the police. The next day, two police officers turn up at Sutcliffe's house. And uh, they said, mate, what happened last night? And he said, yeah, 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 I hit her. But I hit her with my hand, not a rock. And they were like, mate, is your hand made out of rocks? What the fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. They gave him a, nothing more than a telling off. They just said, naughty boy. <laughs> so it's okay to go and swat a prostitute around the back of the head oh, then, yeah, man, and then walk off, apparently. In the 60s, you can just do did, it. Did, did he say to her, look, this is what she's done to me? <laughs> and it's not even her, but did he say that story? And they went, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I what think happens, so, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He must have said that story or something. He must have said, look, okay, look I'll be honest with you, a few weeks ago I gave her a tenner. Nothing happened. You can believe that <laughs> or not. But she was meant to give me five back and she didn't. And it angered me. So I, I hit her. it. <laughs> yeah. Did they go, that's a viable, um, you know, that's that's acceptable. But, well, <laughs> that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. How does it work? Yeah. But they said that she, she didn't want to press charges. She just wanted to leave it. Yeah. So that was the reason why they weren't going to follow it up. Now, is that how it works? That, like, if you commit a f- attempted murder on someone, because that's what it is. That's attempted murder, yeah. Then, especially when... A rock in a stone, twatting in the back of the head from behind. Yeah, and if you, if that person says, I don't want to press charges, is that it? Even though the coppers know that you just fucking attack so. someone? I think so. I think it can happen. I think it happens quite a lot, you know? Because oh, no, people get scared of people. Bad. Problem is, because she's a prostitute, she probably thinks that she'll be back on the street again soon, but then she'll think that he might have a vendetta and because of me dobbing him in. Mm. So maybe I shouldn't press charges so he doesn't have himself, because she, she might not know what he looks like. Yeah. She, may, she may have. But um, someone else might do something for him, mm. to her. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's fear, probably. Yeah, it? it's fear. Well, they said to him, you've been a naughty boy, don't do it again. Um, and that was that, man. He he, he was, uh, he was l- not he let off. They didn't even fucking arrest him. They just said, don't do it again. So I think what we should do, have a break, and then come back and have a little chat about whether he, he did behave himself in the... <laughs> Coming months, weeks, and years. <laughs> was it in the seventies? Was it this? This is sixty-nine. His first. Sixty-nine. Oh, okay, it changed in the seventies then. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rule change. <laughs> new decade. New rules. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. 
after that telling off on the police, and he said, oh, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm not going to do anything anything else again. Mm-hmm. I promise I won't attack people. On set- it was only a few weeks after he assaulted that woman. It was on September the 29th, 1969. He was back out on the on the prowl looking for more prostitutes to batter. Ah, uh, so he got, he got the first for it then after that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But instead of a sock, carrying a sock with him, uh, this time he took a hammer out and a knife. So okay. this fucking clear intent. He upped his game then. Yeah, he just went, right, I've levelled up now, I can do it. Uh, like, must have <laughs> levelled up. It's like a computer game. <laughs> yeah. Level five. He took out the first boss, he's going for the next <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Upgrade his weaponry. Yeah. Uh, he said... Um, after the first attack, he said, I knew that this was my mission. I had to carry it out. The voices in my head told me it wasn't good enough just to attack them. I had to do it properly. I had to kill. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. So he went out, obviously mm-hmm. trying to kill people. It didn't go to plan, though. Oh, right. It's the first murder, though. So, well, not the first murder. No, no. It's the second attack. It didn't go to plan because um, he got arrested lurking in somebody's front garden in Bradford, obviously where he lived. Mm-hmm. He was arrested because a police officer who was like patrolling around saw his car, the silly twat, like pulled over, parked up, left his lights on, left the engine running, and the, the copper could see that there was nobody in the car. And they were like, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. So he got out and had a wander around, and um, he found him lurking behind a hedge in somebody's front garden, crouched down with a hammer in his hand. Just fucking keezes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, mate, you're coming to the station. He did. He, the policeman was like, what are you doing, mate? And uh, Suckliff said, uh, um, okay, yeah, what happened was the hub, the hubcap of my front wheel had come off, off the car and it's somewhere in the hedge and I'm looking for it. He was like, oh, oh, the hammer. Oh, that's to put it back on. That's to put it back on, officer. And the officer was like, that don't sound fucking right to me, mate. Come with me. <laughs> He took him down the station, but they, were char- they charged him 25 quid, a fine, for um, going out on the rob, basically, equipped for theft. Oh, they thought he was thieving. Yeah, but he was equipped for I suppose they would think people. that, because if his car's left running as well, it's a kind of a quick getaway, isn't it? If he does something and gets caught, he gets in and foot down and go. Yeah, but he was happy with that. He was like, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, of course, yeah, because he was about... He, he got, I bet he went, Phew. thank God he didn't know what I was meant to do. Yeah, so he's, he's been done. He's been he's been in police sort of, not custody, but their presence twice yeah, within, yeah. you know, in, in, in the three weeks. Of, yeah, essentially. So he's like... He's, he's on the record somewhere. It's got to be. Yeah, 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 you'd think. But it, that, that's kind of like, he, he learned early on, you've got to be tighter than that with your murder game. Or yeah, you're, yeah. if you're breaking the law, don't attract attention to Didn't even get to a murder. He got caught. So it, we know for a fact that he was arrested carrying a hammer in the red light district as early as 1969. Lurking in a bush. Which is six years before his first murder. So oh, it, right. So it's entirely possible that he was active in these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were 13 more attacks. There's, uh, there were loads of attacks, obviously, around you know the UK. But there was there's 13 that look very similar to the way he worked, beginning in 1966 and ending in 1975, which was the year of his first official murder two victims were men which is unusual for the the yorkshire ripper because all of his official victims are women out of these 13 suspicious looking attacks five were murdered five of the assaults were in bradford where he lived one was in leeds and the rest were like in the surrounding areas and there were photo fits issued by people that you know recovered and they do bear a resemblance to him so there's a big possibility that he didn't at least 12 or 13 more yeah, yeah, 
Well, they, we'll before. never know the number. Yeah. yeah. But as we'll see next week, as the body started like piling up, the police didn't want to add suspected victims to the um, to the ripper list because they were like, totally overwhelmed. Yeah, it's freaking people out as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So as far as we can tell, speculation aside, after this garden arrest, he kept his head down for six years. He didn't do anything. Apparently. Yeah. So it seems hard to believe, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Until July 1975... And this is where the Ripper, as we all know and love him, appeared properly. Did his first um, official murder. The unofficial ones, which may possibly be. Yeah. So yeah. it may not be his first murder. But he built up to it again. He didn't just go straight into it. Like, you know, he, he did a bit of warming up. Yeah, yeah. Some lunges, some stretches, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pre- prepared. Did in, a bit of prep work. In 1975, he attacked four people. We know he attacked four people. Three of them survived and gave witness accounts to police and the other the fourth was his first official victim right so on the 5th of july 75 at 1 30 in the morning anna roguski she was um, the victim of a, of a vicious hammer attack mm-hmm. it wasn't linked to anything initially because they they were kind of these are like i mean hookers are getting beaten up all the time you know what i mean that's yeah. the way they saw it well so nasty to say but that's what they was that's the mentality yeah so it took two years for them to link this case to the Ripper. So Sutcliffe was out patrolling around Keithley, which is near Bradford, where where he lived. And there were loads of sec- apparently workers, like at the place that he worked at his um, truck driving place, said, "Yeah, Keithley, that's the place to go and get hookers." Yeah. So he was bombing around there trying to find someone. And Anna met him three times before this attack. Mm. Uh, she was initially approached by a man. She says with dark hair and a beard. Check. That's yeah. fucking yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, he asked her to come home for, I'm guessing, a drink with him. Um, he said she said he was cr- he was creeping her out, and she was like, "No, nah, man," walked off. But mm. he but he followed her really really closely until she was able to like shake him off through the streets, and she remembers him distinctively because of that. You mean you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For geezer, strange geezer goes, "Do you want to come to my house for a drink?" And you go, "No," and then he follows you through the streets. Yeah, you'd, you'd be like, "Yeah, fuck off." Yeah, I'm gonna keep my eye out for yeah. you. Do you th- when you're walking, when he's following you, you think, "Oh." Something bad is about to happen, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, it's be some sort of con- confrontation. You know what I mean? Well, a few weeks later, he saw her again in a coffee shop and uh, went up to her and said, "Do you fancy, uh, you know, some sucky fucky action?" Basically, yeah. And she obviously refused, and she told police in interviews that the reason it was him again, definitely. But he's, he's he had got crazy racing eyes. It was like fucking seemed like really excited on on edge at the prospect. Um, and she, he left her alone when she threatened to kick off. She's like, mate, there's people around here. I'll make a fucking scene. Yeah, and yeah. she backed the fuck up. So he did. The third time um, wasn't so lucky. He was loitering around Keithley Town Centre again yeah. in the evening. He likes Keithley. Because yeah. he's a prostitute. Yeah, man. And she'd been out on the piss. Anna had been out on the piss with her mates. So after drinking, she headed to her boyfriend's house. It's like something like one thirty in the morning. And he must have been watching her. He must have targeted her. You must have already, done yeah, clearly has, didn't they? Uh, on the way, walking through the streets by herself, she heard somebody, like, say, from like a darkened doorstep of a shop front or an alleyway or something, say, uh, Do you fancy it? You know what I mean? Like, you're propositioning a, a sex worker. And she was like, Nope, I'm fucking out of here, and just sped up. She got to her boyfriend's house. He wasn't in, so she had to, like, walk. There's no phones back there, you can't get, there's no mobile phone, so she had to walk home. And as she went past the same spot where she heard a geezer speaking, there was another, the same man was there, and he was like, "Do you wanna find wanna fuck any chance? You know, mm-hmm. maybe." And she was like, "Nope, see ya." And um, four times she's been rejected by Oka. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he he apparently let her. She's like, "No worries, have a good night, love. I'm not gonna 
press you anymore. Hammer. I mean, um, <laughs> so he let her walk a few steps ahead, and then when she was off in the distance, he came up behind her, sneaked in, and then smashed around the back of the head with a ball peen hammer. Just twi- she went down like a sack of shit. As you would do. Yeah, yeah. He hit around the head two more times when she was on the floor. He then lifted up her clothes, like whatever her top was, and pulled her bra up and then began slashing her with a knife, basically. Um, he said he was going to stab her, but a car had come around the corner with its like headlights on, and he was like, fuck! I'm right, just doing so one. So he just slashed her instead. So he legged it, basically, yeah. She, she was close to being done. The poor woman was badly bad, and she needed a, a 12-hour... Um, surgery to rebuild her skull. She had fragments of of a bone wedged into her brain from where this hammer had gone smash. And the the doctors were well, convinced that she was going to die. Mm. But she pulled through um, because lasses from Northern England are hard as nails. They are. So in interviews after his arrest, obviously they are like granite. They are. They're fucking well armed. Do not fight a, a Geordie lady <laughs> or anyone from Yorkshire lady because you'll lose. Yeah, they're going to do it. Mike you. Tyson versus Jenny from Yorkshire. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Tyson's got a weapon and he's still like, won't He'll be have like Bet365. What's his, what's his face on the adverts in the in middle? I don't know. Roy, Roy um, um, the actor. He's always on the sports. I don't sports. watch TV. He's always like, if you watch sports, he's always on. Uh, Roy, um, what's his name? Is, Is it Roy? fucker that talks like yeah, this. Yeah. Get your bet on your cant, that fella. <laughs> <laughs> that fella, he'll be there going, the Yorkshire lass is the favourite or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do all those shitty update things, don't they? But anyway. So he was questioned by police after his arrest, and he, he obviously, when he was busted, he just admitted everything. He said, yeah, yeah, that was me. She had a funny name, and I asked her if she'd fancied it, and she said, not on your life, and went to try and get into a house over the road. Obviously, that was the boyfriend, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? When she came back, I tapped her up again, and she gave me the elbow. Obviously, just saying, fuck off. I followed her and hit her with a hammer. She fell down. I intended to kill her, but I was disturbed. I was certain she was prostitute scum. That's what he said, man. Certain she was prostitute scum. Yeah, he's using prostitutes. Yeah. But they're scum. Only because he got rejected four times. Yeah, Yeah, he can't even get a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, he said, I I was being given instructions on what the best moment to attack was. So that's that. Given... Yeah. Oh, by the person in his head, I'm guessing. God, yeah. He oh, thought God, he was God himself. He thought oh, he was right, God, okay. yeah. He said well, he's always there, God. And, you know, he's a nice person. Especially we get all these Christian families, right, which you know, <laughs> follow God all the way. And then their child gets ill and dies. And they go, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's up there. Are you like fundamentalist Christians that refuse yeah, yeah. medical and treatment? Yeah, yeah. He's, well. like, he's, he's up there. And this is what God intended. You know, God's looking after him now. He's not. Could have saved him. You believe in a book. <laughs> And you believe in something which isn't there, all right? That's all the Christians that listen to the show gone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, said, anyway, yeah. <laughs> he said it took him less than 10 seconds to, to put her down. And he said, he'd, I didn't mean for her to suffer. Yeah. I meant for her to die. Mm. Fair enough. A month and a half later, he struck again. Uh, this Quite was, literally, with a hammer. Yeah. Uh, Olive Smelt, she was out drinking with her mates. And Suckliffe, who was also out with Trevor Birdsall again. Sock guy from earlier. Trev, yeah. Big Trev. Good old Trev. They was in a boozer called the Royal Oak and Sutcliffe was telling Trev, he was like, this is, um, this is a, a pub that prostitutes pick up clients from. Uh, look at them, you can fucking see them. Dirty hookers everywhere. He even went over to Olive and called her a hooker to her face and she gave him a, the biggest put down in his life apparently. By all accounts, he looked like he's, a tit. He, he can't even... <laughs> he's, he, can't, he can't even get a hooker, can he? No, no. Well, he doesn't really have the gift of the garbage. <laughs> no. Oh, you hooker. Yeah. Do this. I think he was just trying to offend them. Yeah, he, by he that point, he didn't want he, he, he Once 
all that shit happened. He, he just wanted to kill him, didn't he? So at the end after of bashing that one in the back of the head from the anger, he didn't want to screw him. He just wanted to kill him, didn't yeah, he? Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the night, Olive left the pub and she she went home. And Sutcliffe and Trevor also left. They got in Peter Sutcliffe's car and they went to drive home. There's a lot of fucking drink driving going on in this. It occurs all it's the time. acceptable in the 70s. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It's acceptable in the 70s. <laughs> so on the way, Peter Sutcliffe, he spots Olive, just minding her own business, walking home. And he says to Trevor, he says, pull over, mate. That's that prostitute from the pub. Um, according to Trevor, when they pulled over, he put his hands down the side of the car seat and picked up something. He just, I don't know what it was. And he said, wait here, I need to go and speak to somebody. He didn't say the prostitute. He said, I just need to go and speak to someone. He got out and he ran the opposite direction to where Olive was. She was walking that way and he fucking ran that way. Uh, so it didn't look like he was going for her in a way. Yeah, he tried to sort of throw it off like a bit. But what he did is he was being sneaky because he, he ran and looped back on an alleyway. Yeah. And he would co- like basically come out in a position where she was about to walk yeah. past. And and she did, so he he malleted it around the back of the head twice with a with a hammer. Um that he'd, you know, the one that he'd picked up on the side of the seat. He pulled a skirt up, he slashed her ass like properly badly open, um, before somebody disturbed them. Like, what's that fucking noise going on over there? You yeah. know what I mean? And what's that skull crunching noise slash sl- slashing of ass noise on here? Yeah, yeah. So we I know a slashing of an ass from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I can hear that. <laughs> Who's slashing someone's ass over there? <laughs> Stop it. She, uh, <laughs> she she had to have brain surgery and spent ten days in hospital, but she did recall what the attacker looked like. He said he was about thirty years old, five foot ten, he was thin, had dark hair and a beard. Bang. Again, yeah, yeah. So it's another hammer attack, yeah. right? Same um, facial hair, facial sort of uh, recognition. Yeah, if that's a word. Yeah, it's just the same. Is recognition a word? Can be now. I think it's a uh, boovism. <laughs> recognition. Well, the day after the attack, um, Big Trev he said he read about it in the newspaper. Like a woman attacked with hammer around this area, and he was like, "Shit, we were there last night," and that's when fucking Pete jumped out. He even suspected with him and said. Nothing. Just kept his mouth shut. Sutcliffe said in interviews, he said, I saw her in the Royal Oak. She annoyed me, probably in some minor way. I've, I've got to be honest, right? I bet you he, Pete, spoke to Trev about the first one after. Once he got caught, he probably said, yeah, I done twatted her because I was pissed off. And that's propped up again. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's 100% obvious. He says he didn't... He, he just wouldn't stop, would you? Next, next time, I'm, I'm guessing Trev does it again. Oh, I need to go and speak <laughs> to someone. Yeah. And then he legs it the opposite direction. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's going to hammer someone's skull in now. Trevor, you retarded, mate. you just carry on driving, wouldn't you? He said about, um, about Olive, he said, I took her to be a prostitute. I hit her on the head and scratched her buttocks with a piece of a hacksaw blade or maybe a knife. My intention was to kill her, but I was disturbed. So he just fucking left to be. And he goes into more detail. I said, she fell down. I was going to kill her. I had the knife with me that time and I was going to kill her, but I didn't get the chance. Consequently, I did it with Trevor still in the car. I knew it was my mission. I heard the voices, echoes. Sometimes it was the voice, sometimes an echo. Sometimes it was clear, but sometimes it wasn't. <laughs> Do you think that's just an excuse to try and say he's mental? Um, I know he clearly is mental, but... if Yeah, maybe, man. You know, if you get those voices in your head, people go, oh, we need to get a decent hospital for him. Yeah, maybe. Instead of a well, prison was, and all He that. was transferred to uh, psychiatric care after his, um, that's where Savile had the keys to that place. Oh, right, okay. And he had, he had his own personal room and go and see the Ripper. 
but we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Or just fucking listen to the Savile episode. Yeah, if it's still there. Keeps getting pulled for, some, for some bizarre reason. I might put that back up again. Do it, yeah. But just do a double. Just re- repeat it. Just say, this is one that was causing problems. Yeah. Here it is again. Yeah. Uh, but there was another attack um, in Keithley again on August the 27th. This was on 14-year-old Tracy Brown. She's a schoolgirl, not a prostitute. And he didn't admit this attack until 1992. Oh, so he felt a bit ashamed of this attack. I think it's because it was a child and he thought he'd have his sentence increased. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he kept his mouth shut, hoping he'd be let out. And when he was like, you're never getting out, mate. He was like, oh, yeah, I fucking did that. Yeah. She was walking home down a country lane from a mate's house. Um, he, and she said that he, he uh, this random bloke just sort of walking next to her in total silence, like falling in step with her. And she was like... Mm-hmm. And he said he'd fall back and, d- and apparently did his shoelace up. That's what she thought he was doing. And again, from behind, he, he fucking ran up and he hammered around the head five times. Five times. with the f- She said that he was grunting. She was going, just fucking sucking a one. It's fucking barbaric, man. It is. She's tough, though. Um, she survived, needed brain surgery, and also was able to tell the police officers that the attacker had a beard and a moustache and was thin, was about 30 years old, and had crazy staring eyes and a thin face. What the fuck, man? Another attack. Wouldn't you go back through the records and go, was that lady who got stoned in a, in a sock? You know, and, th- and then the, the geese would be found in the bush of a hammer, and he stoned a prostitute, but he used, had a hammer next time you saw him. There's been prostitutes <laughs> with ham- being hammered in the yeah. back of the head a few times. The same description... Should we go and speak to Pete? <laughs> <laughs> well, who's, who's that geezer that done that first one? Let's yeah, go and talk yeah. to him. Yeah, she, mate, she even went to the police a few when the ripper was like the killings were in full flow. She went to the police like a few years later and, and was said, like, it's "This him. is fucking him, man! I'm yeah. telling you, the efits that you're putting out is the same guy." That, but they just they they kind of like fobbed her off because the the, um, the Yorkshire Ripper wasn't killing children and she was a child, and because of that, oh, they they decided that that wasn't fuck? linked. Oh man, all these attacks, man, they're happening really close to each other and in, in a short period of time. They're all bearing the same methods, but police didn't connect them. Or didn't want to, I suppose. Just, mm, it's, yeah. It's so often the case that pro- the prostitutes get killed, taken out by serial killers. Why is that, do you reckon? I think it's easier targets. I think, well, a lot of the time, I'm, you know, they, they give them money. Um, usually, I'm guessing, with prostitutes, they've got... They got um, nowhere to go, so it kind of the person who's paying for the prostitute chooses where. Yeah, they're vulnerable, aren't they? They're they can get vulnerable. took anywhere. Is that, you know what I mean? Yeah. They can get took anywhere, can't they? So just over two months later, the thirtieth of August, nineteen seventy-five, Peter Sutcliffe killed for the first time. What this is his first official uh, official murder. murder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the victim was a mother of four, twenty-eight-year-old Wilma McCann. And she'd been drinking around the pubs in the Chapel Town area of Leeds. And she was seen in, in like a number of boozers by lots of different people. And because it was a weekday, the boozers shut at 10.30 at night. Okay, and yeah. And she obviously wanted to carry on drinking. So she went to a club, left, leaving that, uh, I don't know what the club's got to matter, but left about one o'clock in the morning. Hammered. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> she was seen by loads. She was staggering around, like pissed up to fuck she mm. had a takeaway curry and chips which is a fucking classic in my book that's worth the hammering just for that <laughs> what's your curry of choice Rob curry of choice I like a jalfrezi but mm, it depends jalfrezi I'd probably go with if I go to a curry house that's what I go with because they, they can be so different yeah you yeah, know yeah. what I mean you like your consistency in the curry yeah 
So we know Wilma was bladdered because in the autopsy, it, like, the alcohol level was equivalent to something like 14 shots of spirits. It doesn't seem that excessive, but whatever. Half a, half a bottle of booze. Yeah. It's enough, in it? She might have been small. Um, she was walking into the road trying to flag cars down for a lift. She was sh- shouting. She's falling over and just being abusive, basically. Yeah. Which is perfect for an aspiring serial killer yes. to get his wings. So Sutcliffe had also been out boozing and was now driving around the streets hunting. So, again, he's pissed up driving. Yeah. Does anyone not fucking care about then? Anyway, Wilma flagged him down for a lift. She came to him. Oh, um, right. And obviously he was like, yep. Get in, Bab. Um, when she got in, she immediately... It's like, like a lottery ticket for him, that is, isn't it? Well, it was a double jackpot because she immediately wanted to fuck. She was like, do you want some as well? And he was like, yeah. All right, then. Pretty yeah. We'll go for it, then. Um, they pulled up apparently 100 metres from her house. So you could see her house from yeah. where her body was found. Uh, it's called the Prince Philip Playing Fields. She asked him for a fiver again. Apparently, that's the going, the going rate. Um and uh, she wanted to get down to it straight away. She was actually saying, hurry up, just fucking, hurry, you know, let's get going. And Peter, on the other hand, he, he was he was a romantic fella. And he said, I needed a build-up because he couldn't, he couldn't fuck on demand. Right, okay. <laughs> That's what he said, mate, seriously. He's like, come on, mate, you're fucking a drunk hooker who wants to get home for her curry and chips. Romantic, my ass. <laughs> so Wilma was getting abusive because um, good old Pete couldn't get a hard on. And she, eventually, she was like, fuck it. I'm going home, whatever. And uh, he was like, okay, Bab, no worries. I'm ready. Let's just do it here. So he took his coat off and laid it on the grass. And she got down on the like in the middle of a field. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And um, he was hiding a hammer at the time behind his back. And um, I love him, man. Fucking open, f- like shagging 100 yards from your house that's got four kids in. Mm. In the middle of the open. So yeah, he uh, put his coat on the ground. And he said that she was getting her trousers and done. And then he stood behind her and then just fucking malleted around the back of the head. Just bosh. She went straight down. He pulled up her clothes and a bra and then just started stabbing her in the neck and chest and stomach. He he stabbed her 14 times. He doesn't recall doing 14. I think he said it was like four or something. And uh, he also cut her throat just for good measure. Right, just to make sure. They found spunk on her pants and trousers. Um, it's He could have spontaneously just dropped his fucking load, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, which is common in serial killers. She was found the following, following morning lying on her back by a milkman. And this is what he said to the police after his arrest. He said, I was a bit surprised. I was expecting it to be romantic. I think she'd been drinking because she was being irrational. And you're not, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't have intercourse in a split second. I had to be aroused. At this point, she opened the car door and got out, slammed the door and shouted at me. She said, uh, I'm going. It's going to take you all fucking day. Uh, she shouted something like, you're, you're, you're fucking useless at him. Uh, I suddenly found myself seething with rage. I got out of the car wanting to hit her to pay her back for the insult. I said, hang on a minute. Don't go off like that. She said something like, oh, you can fucking manage it now. It's, you know. He said he sounded like she was taunting him in, in a way. Mm. She's like, oh, yeah, you reckon you can do it? He said, I had a toolbox on the back seat of my car. I you do. <laughs> I took out a hammer and followed her into the field. I took off my coat and uh, laid it over my arm so she couldn't see the hammer, basically. Yep. I had the hammer in my, right, in my right hand. She said, come on, then, let's get it over with. And he said, don't worry, I will. <laughs> That's what he said, man. It just doesn't fucking... He said, um, she got on the grass, started to undo her trousers. I then hit her with the hammer on the head. I was stood up at the time behind her. I think I hit her directly on top of her skull. 
I hit her once or twice. She, she, she fell back, backwards, flat onto her back and started making a horrible noise, like a moaning or gurgling noise. I thought, God, what have I done? I knew I'd gone too far and I ran to my car intending to drive off. I sat in the car for a while thinking. I could see her arm moving. I was in numb panic. I still had the hammer in my hand. I half expected her to get up and I realised I'd be in serious trouble. A lot of ways thinking about himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in real trouble for this. What about yeah, her, man? Yeah, yeah. Like a school kid breaking yeah. a window or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought the best way out of this mess was to make sure she couldn't tell anybody. I took a knife out of the toolbox. It had a wooden handle. Um, it's about seven inches long. I went over to her. She was still lying on her back. I thought to make certain she was dead, I would stab her in places like the lungs and the throat. I stabbed her at least four times uh, and once in the throat. It, it was a fucking cut. It wasn't a stab. You know what I mean? Uh, before I started stabbing her body, I pulled her blouse up and her bra so I could sti- see where I was stabbing her. That's why he reckons he pulled her top right, up. okay. Because he was like aiming for the bits that would d- immediately kill her. But nah, you, you fucking... It's just like a weird sexual... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He said I was in a blind panic when I was stabbing her just to make sure she wouldn't tell anyone. What a damn stupid thing to do just to keep somebody quiet. If I was thinking logically at the time, I would have stopped and told somebody I'd hit her with a hammer. If you was thinking fucking logically, you wouldn't you have, have done hammer. it in the first place, yeah. After I stabbed her, I went back to the car and I remember that I'd taken my coat off the floor after I'd hit her with the hammer and I'd taken my coat back to the car. I started the car and shot off back up a narrow path that led towards the main road. I swung the car around. I drove towards Leeds. I drove home as soon as possible. The next day, I saw it on the TV about the murder, and I felt sick, and I half expected a knock at the front door by the police. I, I, carry, I tried to carry on acting normally, living my life with my wife. After that first time, I developed and built up a hatred for prostitutes in order to justify within myself the reason why I'd attacked and killed Wilma McCann. So he says after that, that first time, that's where he kind of like, it's like a weird sort of crazy thought pattern of he developed some sort of um, convincing hatred towards them to mm. justify it. Just to say it's okay. Yeah, in his mind, yeah. The police were all over it, mate. There was 150 police officers were put on a case, 11,000 interviews, and I think they like visited something like five, four or 5,000 homes and businesses trying to track down, all revealing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Totally nothing at all. So that was the first of his 13 victims which sparked the biggest manhunt in UK history. And next week we're going to cover the murders, mm. multiple missed opportunities to catch him, police burners, the evidence trail, hoaxes, that's through police off on like completely the wrong tangent, yeah. and the Jimmy Savile connection, and obviously his arrest and his trial. Now then. It's just going to get gru- gruesome next week. More mm. gruesome than it is now. Yeah, because it's the first murder, and it was pretty pretty wild. Yeah. You know, he's, he'd done the same sort of thing as he did with his other victims, I suppose, that he apparently he didn't kill, or some of them which he did, which is unofficial. But, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what what went on next week with the uh, yep with Jimmy Savile and everything as well. Then. Yeah, man, the Savile, fucking Jimmy, he's, he's done everything here. <laughs> yeah, man up world, man up world, crazy, crazy. Okay. There you go then. Right, cool. Okay. If you want, right. if you want to contact us, it's uh, robots for eyes at gmail dot com dot co dot uk. It's one of those two. Um, and if you wanted to speak to us on the social media, just type Robots for Eyes in Google and you'll get Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. If you wanted to give us some on Patreon, um, 
whatever it's just type that in and it will probably prop up with our page if you want to buy a t-shirt i'm assuming you do the same thing just type in robots for eyes t-shirts it'll probably come up with the website um yeah there That's we go a lot then isn't it yeah so it's a bit of advertising this week instead of what we usually do yeah forgetting everything yeah yeah <laughs> okay so, until next week see you later everyone